Hello and welcome to another episode of Drone Source, sponsored by Elsight. I'm Ben Gross, and I'd like to thank you for joining me and welcome you to our podcast. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drone Source. Today with me is Bobby Oyang from Skybrows. Bobby, how are you? Good, man. Good. Just a busy morning. What about you, man? Uh, well, it's uh, close to the end of the day here. So, you know, we finish up. We're going to go home, put the kids to sleep. Uh, so why don't we start off with, the, you know, the basic questions. Tell me a little bit about Bobby. Tell me a little bit about Skybrows. Yeah, so I uh, personally speaking, outside of like the drone world, I'm really big into rock climbing, motorcycling, just nature stuff, just hanging out. Um, I currently live in Dallas, Texas right now, so it's uh, really hot out at the moment. So not too much nature stuff. It's usually reserved for the fall, winter, spring months. And yeah, just enjoy tasty food, rock climbing, outdoors activities. Um, on the drone end, I entered into the drone industry about six years ago uh, as a researcher at Rutgers University. I was a student underneath our current CTO, Peter Jin, and we were doing research on video-based 3D model reconstruction, which turns videos into a 3D model not really quickly. And it wasn't really interesting, but they, they you know, paid really well. So I kept on doing it and I was probably going to end up you know, working at Google or uh, maybe I wasn't smart enough for Google, maybe just some other tech company, you know, but um, I ended up getting into a motorcycle accident about five and a half years ago where I took a turn a little too fast, low-sided my bike, tumbled like a hundred feet. And I ended up with a pretty gnarly hole in my foot and I had to go to the hospital. Um, so I went to the hospital uh, and a couple hours later, I call my friend and I'm like, Hey, you have a truck. Can you pick up my bike? And when he gets there, he says that there's still police officers on scene and they're still, still doing accident investigation, you know, a few hours after the accident. And that means the entire roadway is closed down and everything. So it was just really inefficient. And at that moment, that's when it really clicked that, hey, what if we put this technology on drones and make a 3D model with it? So we did exactly that. And we grew to about 300 police departments that are currently flying and um, documenting uh, crash scenes with Skybrows at the moment. And um, yeah, they're using that for crime scene investigation, accident investigation, Use cases have branched out to more like pre-plans, tactical, hazmat, fire, and uh, real-time mapping as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's gone way better than I expected. So, I'm happy about that. Why don't you run us through, you know, a generic use case of Skybrows being used in real life? In real life? Well, yeah, I've, I personally, you know, in the early days of Skybrows, I personally did ride-alongs with police departments and I've done like accident investigation with some of their crash guys. So basically you just get called on scene. There is an accident, like a fatal accident or something. And usually the ambulances, EMT, they've all been stationed. They've arrived and they've cleared away, you know, all the injured personnel and you're tasked to essentially figure out what happened with the accident, try to reconstruct it and send it over to a DA in case it's like a criminal course, a uh, criminal case or something. And usually, especially in America these days, it seems like uh, because of shows like CSI Miami and everything, everyone wants that CSI effect where they want that model like right away. I want that model right here, right now. 
on my desk stat and i want it real life kind of like in uh, iron man 3 if you watch iron man 3 where the uh, mandarin explodes and um uh, tony starts trying to like recreate like what happened to happy and he just like walks and he's like jarvis recreate the scene and jarvis there's like a you know a 3d model that comes out so essentially that's what da's want and that's what the jury wants in court cases which is not the technology that we have today up until skybrows where you're able to you know fly your drone above a scene press a button and the drone flies for two minutes and that's it. It flies for two minutes. You can upload it later in the office. You can upload it on scene. It takes another two, three minutes to process and you got a 3D model just like that. And and now you get to clear the scene. You don't have to worry about you know taking tape measures out. You don't have to lug around laser scanners for you know half an hour or an hour, especially in like a burning hot Texas day. That's just not fun. Or when it's really cold out, you just press a button, drone does everything. You get a 3D model, send it over, share it. It's all cloud-based, so you can share it to DA, you know, prosecutor, defense attorney, and then you're good to go. And that's essentially, you know, the the most generic use case for Skybrows, the most the easiest use case to explain. Where you know, instead of spending five hours on scene taking measurements, now it's done in the button press and just a few minutes, and you're good to go. First of all. I'm happy to meet another uh, Marvel nerd. I love the way, you know, you started talking about Iron Man 3. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. <laughs> scene at the end where he quests his hands. But I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I get it. Uh, so first of all, very cool that you got that. But uh, my actual question is, what happened? You, you were saying you had the accident and then you followed up with the, your friend to pick up the bike and the scene was still there. And then he said... And that's why we need to put it on drones. But what were you doing before the drones came into the picture? Were you having a video camera, you know, doing walkarounds, or what, what was what was it like, you know, before the drones came along? Yeah, you have to spend, you know, a lot of money, probably six figures, on a laser scanner, and you just plop it down, and it scan the area, and then you move to the next area because it doesn't scan forever, um, and you have to plop it to the next area. So you have to move this heavy laser scanner, calibrate it, and then have it scan the area over and over again. And it works really well uh, indoors, but you know, outdoors, if you need to scan like you know a quarter mile or like um, you know three quarters, seven hundred fifty meters, it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge area, yeah. You know? So that'll take forever. So in the past, you have to either take a really long tape measure, take those measurements, get a camera, start taking pictures and whatnot put down the evidence markers and everything. And then afterwards, trying to piece it together and try explaining that to a jury when you're, you know, in court. And that's really, really difficult to do because now your jury's just looking at, okay, what am I looking at? I'm looking at you know, some tape measures. I'm looking at some yellow evidence markers and that's about it. What does that mean? Whereas if you have a 3D model and it shows the entire scene and it's, it shows like a massive scene. You can do a walkthrough. You can you can look at different perspectives. It just wows the jury and makes it a lot easier to prove your case in court. And let's talk a little bit about the equipment being used. Do you manufacture your own drones in-house? You're using something existing and placing your cameras and your scanners on board existing drones. What's your equipment look like? Yeah, so currently SkyBrowse is super off the shelf. So it's an app you can download on iOS, Android coming soon. Uh, I've been saying that for the past year, but I swear it actually is coming soon. <laughs> Our Android, we've been hiring a lot of Android devs to help out with that. Um, and you just connect it to your drone, works with DJI drones, works with Autel drones, works with uh, some of the newer drones coming out as well. And you just connect it to your drone, and you fly it through the app itself. So you connect it, you know, it's the remote controller, 
you fly using the app. The app shows a camera view and uh, you just press a button and the drone will fly itself. Do two orbits in about a minute and a half and you upload the video and you get a 3D model. So that's the current solution. We also have an SDK as well where uh, specific drone manufacturers can essentially request to get an access key and they'll be able to use our flight paths, our code to essentially make a 3D model as well. And it's super easy. It's like a two-call SDK. So it should, in reality, realistically take about a week of coding and two weeks of testing. And essentially, you'll be able to have, you know, the world's fastest 3D modeling attached to your drones just like that. So when you say the world's fastest 3D modeling, is that something that you stand behind? You Skybrow's world's fastest 3D modelers? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to compare ourselves to any other company out there. We're definitely the fastest. Um, and, you know, in the past, people critiqued us for our quality because we didn't have textures and everything. But uh, as of yesterday, we just released Skybrow's Hyper, which makes it even faster to uh, make a 3D model. Now it takes about two to three minutes to process instead of 10 minutes. And even at 10 minutes, we were still the world's fastest. Um, but now we're even even faster than that. And you also get even better quality and resolution on top of that. Right. I was actually going to ask you about Hyper. Can you go into some more detail about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, essentially, Hyper is designed around the agencies that looked at our product and said, hey, this looks nice, but uh, we need something even faster than 10 minutes and we want something even higher resolution. Um, certain agencies that need the highest level of resolution for their use cases um, asked us about it. So for the past few months, we've been building out Hyper. And essentially, it takes two minutes to fly the drone, it takes two to three minutes to upload and process the video, and um, it's just one button press. And also, the 3D models are you know, super high in resolution. They're way better than the current-looking SkyBrowse models. So you get like a hyper-realistic 3D model in just a few minutes. And it looks it's just an upgrade all around in terms of our platform. I find it really funny that, you know, these companies that until Skybrows came along, like you said, were doing these uh, five, six hour long projects. And then you come along and say, I'll do it in 10 minutes. And they say, no, we wanted it in five. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, for, it's for more tactical use cases. That's for sure. I mean, the speed is definitely a plus. I think uh, it was just the quality itself. They wanted an even higher quality. So that's, that's where, you know. We're coming along and doing that because primarily we work with public safety, um, uh, fire and defense. And those are the main use cases right there. There's some other you know, industries that opt to you know, make SkyBrows models just because it's easy and it's fast. But we mainly focus on public safety to you know, make the lives of first responders safer because right now the leading cause of police officer death, um, despite what you see on the news isn't from being shot. It's actually from being hit by a car. So um, by spending less time on the road doing accident investigation, you know, five minutes instead of five hours on the road, you're also making the lives of first responders a lot safer. Now, another question, uh, which is sort of out of the left field, but have you been doing any numbers crunching on your effect on traffic? If you're able to clear a scene in five, 10 minutes instead of five, six hours, obviously, you know, this is very good for the, for the rest of the commuters. Have you been able to run any numbers on what your effect has been on traffic conditions with or without accidents? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've done about 8,000 accidents since we launched in 2000. And these are uh, documented accidents and whatnot, um, which means that instead of spending you know, five hours on scene, you're only spending maybe five, 10 minutes on scene 
blowing out the drone, making the 3D model, clearing the scene. So I think we've saved um, commuters in terms of like um, in terms of productivity costs, like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars altogether. And then in terms of like public safety, how much money they're spending with uh, personnel on scene, we've saved them about two, three million dollars, like two point five ish million dollars at this point. And we've mapped out of all like the fatal accidents, I believe we've mapped out like almost two percent of all the fatal accidents in the past year. So definitely getting out there. And um, as we're growing and growing, hopefully with DFR coming out uh, more in the future, you'll see like a drone on scene making a 3D model before first responders even show up. So the entire scene's already documented and it's just going to be crazy, man. But there's just going to be so much less traffic and everyone's going to be happier and safer. And that's the goal of SkyBrows. And when you say you've done 2% of fatal accidents in the past year, you're referring to the Texas area, to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the Austin area, the entire United States. What are we looking at exactly? Yeah, United States um, in terms of the fatals, because just about every single or just about every single accident that we do on our uh, servers is either a fatal accident or a major injury. Otherwise, if it's a minor accident, you know, no one's hurt, then there's no need for the case to go to court. So there's no need to uh, do do a 3D model of it. So this is of all fatal accidents, not of all car crashes in general. All right. But uh, as far as deployment goes, all 50 states or is it all 48 uh, continental united states you're out there yeah close i don't think we have any customers in wyoming or i think it's like wyoming or some some very very difficult to reach states that i don't even know if they have drones at this point um but yeah i mean we're on like like small island nations like new zealand and some other you know random places that have contracts with us so we're getting there. Uh, hopefully, we get more contracts with Island Nations once it gets colder. Because we would love to come on over and train you guys and hang out for like, you know, two, three weeks. Well, if and when you ever make it to, to the Israeli Police Department, you're more than welcome to stop by the LSAT offices and say hello. Yeah, absolutely. You know what, uh, what kind, of, kind of drones they're using? Um, actually, no, but I can look into that and get back to you. Um, now, I wanted to ask another question. We've focused mainly on the police aspect and fatal accidents, but you also mentioned before the fire department uses SkyBrows as well. Now, is the purpose of SkyBrows and the fire department to create a 3D model of the building before the fire or while the fire is in progress or after the fire for, uh, you know, what type of purposes are we looking at here? So it's split really into two and, and soon to be three use cases. Uh, SkyBrows really seeks to simplify emergency response before, during, and after the incident. So we started off with after the incident with the car crash. Car crash happens, and then you make a 3D model of it. And then we're moving towards during the accident with real-time 3D modeling. We also have thermal mapping with Autel drones, where you get a thermal map in like 30 seconds instead of five minutes. So um now you can actually see where all the hotspots are when you're on scene. So you know which areas to extinguish just by making a quick thermal map of that. So that's during the scene. And then for the fire aspects, and also on the fire aspect, you know, after the scene is for fire investigation. So um, if you want to figure out, you know, what caused this uh, arson or if it's an arson investigation, what causes fire, you can make a 3D model of it after the scene. You know, during the scene, you get the real-time thermal mapping 
And we're launching Tech Browse pretty soon, which is for before the scene. Essentially, you're planning out the area before uh, before anything might happen. So imagine like uh, you're at like a sports stadium or something like that. And um, in the future, there might be a fire or a terrorist attack or a bombing of some sort. So being able to map out the scene ahead of time, and we'll show you all the entrances, the exits and whatnot. And with TacBrowse, it actually tracks your location in real time. So now you're showing up in a 3D model, moving around in real time. And then, of course, there's a lot of other features attached to TacBrowse that essentially give you way more information than you'd ever have currently. And about the 3D modeling, what's the secret sauce behind it that makes it so quick and so efficient? And it's videogrammetry. So like it's we're using every single frame of the video to make a 3D model, um, which means that in terms of the flight path, you're not taking a picture, flying to the next point, taking a picture, flying to the next point, taking a picture. And, you know, you have to like slow down and take that picture. Otherwise, it's going to be a blurry picture. Right. So what about all the frames in between that first picture and the second picture? Doesn't exist. Well, with videogrammetry, we're recording a video. So you've got all that information right there. And the drone's not really slowing down at all. It's using every single frame right there. So it's super quick in terms of the data capture, in terms of the processing, where essentially we already know what the drone flew ahead of time because of the flight logs of the drone itself. So we already know what the model is going to look like before you even upload the video, which makes the processing significantly faster compared to, you know, in the past where you got to take a bunch of pictures and then, you know, the, um, the algorithm, the 3D model uh, algorithm has to figure out, you know, where all these picture locations are. Well, we already know where all the video frame locations are, you know, ahead of time because it's uh, recording a flight log and sending that over to our servers. So um, that's the super technical side of it. But essentially, it's uh, the analogy is like uh, when you press the start button and the drone starts recording video, it's like building the foundations of the house. So before you even upload the video, the foundations of the house is already built. And when you upload the video, we paint the windows and everything and, you know, slap the frames all over the house and you've got, you know, a nice house at the end of it. And have insurance companies also come knocking on the door to use Skybrows? A few of them. We've done it for like really random stuff like uh, like yacht fires and other really random use cases. But yeah, yeah, a few of them have. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I imagine there will be more use cases in the future. But yeah, we've done some interesting models like yacht fires or like a beached whale. You want to figure out, you know, the dimensions of the whale um, and like how far it was washed from shore and everything. It was actually really depressing because based off the dimensions of the whale, it was actually a baby whale. So it was like a beach, you know, baby whale. Really sad, sad stuff. But and and like there's yeah. a, other random stuff like uh, a couple proposed and made a 3D model of like the the proposal, like they froze and spot for like a minute and a half and made a 3D model of themselves and you know, stuff like that. It was, it was really cute. That is very, very sweet. Before we go, a final question, which I'd like to ask all my guests. All right. And this is something which, again, I feel that you can, you, you, you have a very distinct perspective on. I'd like to ask you what you feel is the future of the drone industry. All right, where do you see it going in two, five, ten years from now? Obviously, you're looking at the you're looking at drones from a very specific use case, but I'd like to get your opinion on how you see the entire industry developing in the future. 
Let's um can you specify on like which which part of the industry? I'm mainly focused on the public safety defense side, although I do have a lot of friends on, like the commercial side, like the uh, construction side and and whatnot. I'm ha- I'm happy to talk about, you know, all aspects of the industry, but that probably double or triple the time in this podcast for sure. Go for as long as you want. You've got time. All right. All right. Well, let me throw it back at you. Um, where do you see the commercial aspect of the drone industry going in the next few years? Uh, we see it growing. We see it growing uh, almost exponentially, I'd even say. We see a lot of advancement in the drone industry, especially in the BVLOS area. We see a lot of companies, a lot of big companies already in the game. We see a lot of uh, smaller companies that are growing. And we definitely see in all aspects, whether it's delivery or inspections or utilities or basically every area that you can think of, we're seeing drones being used more and more. And we're happy about it. We're happy to see drones become mainstream. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I see that as well. However, I think the drone service provider, especially the smaller ones, will eventually just die out as a result of BV loss and the larger uh, DSPs, mostly because like, if you look at the life cycle of a drone service provider, it's all right. Some, some dude ends up most likely a guy uh, ends up taking a 107 license and, you know, getting, a, getting the first Phantom 4 Pro V2 for mapping or, or like a Mavic 2 Pro and something small portable, they get their first drone and they go and, you know, find clients. Okay, they get some clients, make a few thousand bucks the first year, and then afterwards they keep growing, getting more clients, bigger deals, and whatnot. Eventually, they can't do their own 3D or th- their own you know, drone flights because there's a, just too many jobs. So they start contracting out and hiring their own little, you know, you know, set of drone drone pilots that just started as well. And you've got like big companies like uh, you know, like Drone Base uh, that hire a bunch of all well, ones that mostly have a bunch of uh, drone pilots that are willing to do work for very little money, right? And as you know, companies like DroneBase are able to out out compete based off their size, based off their pricing and everything, based off their volume. Um, the smaller DSPs will be forced to essentially just have less and less deal flow altogether. And while that's happening on the BVLS side, um, you've got drone and box companies that are making significant progress on the regulatory side where larger companies, they might not want individual drone pilots coming in. They don't like the human aspect of it. And if the technology is there to match the regulatory wins, then you know you get the same exact pictures, the same exact videos in that increment of time, nonstop. And that'll be way better than what a human can ever do, right? So I think those smaller DSPs will eventually, even you know, DSPs with like 15, 20 contract pilots that they can send around, will eventually get outcompeted by BVLS, drone in the box companies, as well as the larger DSPs. And eventually the larger DSPs will be essentially like the Walmarts of the world or like the Amazons of the world where they just you know outbid, outcompete, outprice everyone else. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I actually wanted to ask what you do you think that Skybrows is you know, not now, but in the future, in a position of being threatened by a BV loss operator who could, who could do the same thing you're doing without sending a human to the scene? No, not really, because we're partnering with the BVLS companies right now to send drones equipped with Skybrows with our SDK to scene, and they'll live stream, they'll make the 3D models and all that, so it'll just be super fast and whatnot. Um, I think in the future, on the public safety side, it'll be the same exact thing. You know, drones just fly themselves 
onto scene. There will be no you know human operator in the future. I think that's still closer to ten years in the future than than five. Um, but I think it will happen in the future. All right, I hear what you're saying. It's interesting. I've actually uh, spoken with several people from the Drone Service Providers Alliance, and I'm going to be having them on the podcast in a couple of weeks. And they actually they they say that they're not really so scared of BVDOS operations as they see it just as another aspect for them to evolve into. All right, there's no reason why a smaller company, a smaller mom and pop shop, even for instance shouldn't be able to upgrade and develop to BVDOS operations. They don't need to remain a uh, line of sight or extended line of sight if they can also do BVDOS. And that gives them the same advantage that every other BVDOS shop has, regardless of size. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, on the DSPA side, shout out to Vic Boss, shout out to Kenji as well. They're both awesome people. And I've known them for quite a while now. Um, on the BVLS side, I think for like certain things that they do, be it like a certain type of video or so, so less, uh, less enterprise and more commercial, um, say for instance, commercial real estate, you want to shoot a cool video of this building that I'm in right now, uh, you know, maybe sending a drone BVLOS through a box in a city, in this case, Chicago, uh, would not be a good idea. Right. So you would, you probably have, you know, someone like Vic Moss come on over with his fancy Inspire 2 and fancy X7 cameras shooting cool videos with you know, his dual controllers and everything. And then afterwards, you know, do like an interior, interior shot, you know, video shot and all that. That I don't think will get automated away. The things that will would be for more like enterprise stuff, maybe even 3D modeling on the construction side where, all right, we want, all we want is, you know, progress report of this construction site. We want it once a week, make sure our workers aren't slacking off. So, you know, drone in a box, set you to make a 3D model every week and send that to me via email. And I think, you know, on the construction side, any sort of DSPs working on that end, or maybe for like um, um, energy in terms of like power line inspections, all that's just going to get automated away. But I think there is still, there still will be um, a market. It's just going to be shrinking in the future for the DSPs. All right. Um, again, I hear what you're saying. Uh, we'll just have to see how the future holds up for the uh, smaller DSPs. And yes, I agree. Vic and Kenji are awesome people. They're they're hysterical. I met them at uh, I met them at Exponential in uh, Orlando, Florida, and we had a great time together. So yeah, like you say, they're great people. Um, I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. I know we had a bit of a uh, scheduling issue until we were able to get together so thank you for taking the time and joining me today awesome thanks for having me really appreciate it ben and i want to thank everyone who's listening in on the podcast so i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next episode of drone source thanks everybody this podcast is brought to you by elsight elsight helps the drone companies operate beyond the visual line of sight overcome regulatory challenges scale business through integrated connectivity solutions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in our next episode of Drone Source.